Does she still have a job? Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast, we move fast, we swear fast. So if you're listening at 2XP, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hey, Workwives, it's Susan from San Jose, California. I'm watching an email thread go down at work, and while I think it's very entertaining, I just need your thoughts on this. I was CC'd because I'm kind of tangential to the project, but I'm not super involved. And, you know, like I wasn't really paying attention until I started seeing like one line emails come across my desk. Uh, So I'm like, well, there must be tea somewhere. So I grabbed some popcorn and I just started watching it go back and forth. The situation from what I can surmise is this. Someone who's on my level on the other side of the company is working with my VP on a cross-functional project. She was going back and forth with my VP to request a process change. And my VP kind of put his foot down and was like, we're not going to do it that way. We've made some accommodations for you, but that's going outside of our workflow. Basically, what she was asking him to do is change his entire workflow of his entire team in order to accommodate her one thing. And our team services lots of departments in the company, so it was ridiculous for us to try to change how we work for just one department. So her reply to him was, well, we can't take this any further. You're just going to have to talk to my VP. So she's basically escalated it and said, we're in an impasse. And and she pulled the whole go talk to my VP card. And I'm pretty sure she forgot that she was talking to a VP. So it feels tense. I'm not going to jump in just so you know, but I would love to know if you've encountered something like this before and what I can do to avoid being that person because I do not want to be like her. Susan. Yeah, Susan. First of all, this is the kind of drama we're living for. This is the type of tea I want out of my life. Yes. I don't want actual drama. I want corporate American drama. Yeah, this is, <laughs> I mean, sometimes an email thread is better than daytime TV. 100%. And this one seems like These are my stars. stories <laughs> that I'm watching in my recliner. <laughs> Gonna get a daytime Emmy, you guys. Gonna get one. <laughs> oh my God. Susan, I'm honestly really excited for you. And I, I know it's like, it's really intense, but like, sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to know how it concluded. Like, we need follow up. <laughs> Yeah, I think first of all, you're right not to have involved yourself. 100%. So way to stay out of it. Yeah. And way to come to us. <laughs> Yay. We're a safe, neutral third this party. This is the offline everyone needs. You <laughs> yeah. know what? Who I'm taking this to? The work wives. It's going to be public, so but over literally. there. So we have an answer for you about basically what we're assessing. The problem is that there's like a boundary issue with yeah. your colleague, your cross-functional colleague there. The least. So we're going to tell you how to handle that if that situation ever crosses your desk. Are you getting more out of corporate America? I I know I am. <laughs> Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Those words are ridiculous together. Rating would be the stars. Review would be the words. Subscribe would be like hitting the button. The follow button. The like whatever Apple's changed. It's now like a follow. I don't know. Oh, on Spotify it is follow still. This okay, follow. Follow us on Spotify. What is it on Apple? 
It's a plus in the top right plus corner. Plus us on Apple. Thank you. Okay, Google Plus. <laughs> R.I.P. Good riddance. Mm, true. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Susan, I think you understand this, but your colleague does not. As an underling, which is a technical term, I suppose, at this point. Which, frankly, I'd just like to define underling as anyone who has a manager. Yeah. Anyone who has a manager. Which is literally everyone except the CEO. But he represents... My CEO has a manager. Right, the board of directors, right? Like, everyone's an underling. Someone reports to someone. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, uh so anyway. So as an underling, insert Holland's definition, you represent your manager in cross-functional meetings. So you better make sure you know where your manager's boundaries are and most importantly, where your power lies. Because if you start representing an opinion that's yours or going at something too aggressively in a way that your manager wouldn't or your manager has to like apologize for later or fix or clean up your mess. Yeah, like, ooh, that's not, that's, it's just, it's like, it's like driving too fast for your headlights. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you're getting mm. way ahead of yourself. The other, the Amish way to say this is put your cart before the horse, right? There like you go. you're just getting, you're getting way out in front of something that like someone else is gonna have to walk back. Cause you've put your foot in the ground and said, this is what needs to happen. And you're expecting someone to back you up. And when they won't, that makes everybody look bad. Yeah. And I like also to flag here that one of your primary jobs as an underling, Mm-hmm. Is not only to represent your manager in cross-functional meetings, but also to make them look good. Yeah. And it makes no one look good when you misrepresent them. Yes. So I have two stories for you to illustrate this point. One person, Brad, did this really well. You could tell he wanted to go forward, but he understood where his boundaries were. So he actually like walked it back a little bit and said, hey, I need to go talk to somebody before I make a decision. The other person who didn't do this well, Michelle... <laughs> She was kind of walking the same fine line as, as your coworker in this email thread, Susan, but she took it way too far to the point that the owner of the agency she worked for had to apologize to the owner of an agency that I worked for. It was crazy. <laughs> so we're, we're going to get into both of those. Again, this is the drama yeah. we want. <laughs> exactly. This is the drama. <laughs> Luckily, I was like watching it happen in real time because like phone calls were happening. It was like, ugh. I had popcorn too because I had popcorn that was, I was like, let me just sit here. <laughs> but yeah, so let's get into these two stories and go kind of like in a detailed way so you can see like how to handle this, how not to handle this. So there I was in a sales pitch meeting. I don't understand why I was brought to this meeting. I just got told, hey, we're going to this thing. And it was with, with the head of my agency and me and the VP of an organization, like a volunteer organization who's trying to like get sponsors for an event. And Brad is the VP and he was reaching out to us for a sponsorship and possibly a speakership and like some combination of the two things. So I'm not the one getting asked to speak. I'm also not the one funding this. So again, I don't know why I'm there, but, <laughs> but I was witness to this conversation. So we're doing fine. Fabulous. Brad and I are going to a whiskey tasting in November. So I feel great about this. You benefited yeah, from the situation. A hundred percent. I did. Okay, great. And I got a free dinner and some free beer. It was great. I had a blast. <laughs> But like you could tell this is a pitch meeting. So as Brad starts talking to the president of my agency, he starts like, you know, kind of giving the soft pitch. Like you're such a leader in the industry. Like we'd love to have you. We'd be honored to speak about like for you to speak at this conference, whatever, whatever. And like kind of builds it up. And once the president of my agency is like really invested, then Brad goes in for the ask, right? He's like, you know, what I'm really here looking for is sponsorships. And regardless of whether you want to sponsor the event or not, we'd still love to have you speak. But it would be that much cooler if you also sponsored. Like if you can say like, oh, I'm a speaker and a sponsor kind of thing. And like it was, it was a good ask. I was like, okay, Brad. Sure. You've done this before. He happens to be VP of sales in his real job. I was like, 
good job team. He's doing a good job. Yeah. yeah. But then like, then you start entering a negotiation. So the president of my agency, like kind of asks back, okay, like what does the schedule look like? What speaker arrangements do you have? What sponsorships arrangements do you have? Like kind of getting into the weeds on it. And then Brad goes to the bathroom. The president of my agency talks to me and is like, Hey, so the one I'm really interested in is like the happy hour sponsorship because I think it'd be really cool to like be the end keynote speaker and then just like, Hey, drinks on me. Everybody like go to the bar. I'm like, that seems fun. Let's do that. Yeah. But the question is like, is the president of my agency a big enough get for an ending keynote speaker? Right. Right. And so like when Brad comes back from the bathroom, we start talking and, and like the president of my agency gives like a couple options of like, oh, I'd love to see the schedule because he starts outlining the relationship between like when he would speak and what kind of sponsor he wants, right? Like, mm-hmm. are you the lunch sponsor? And so you're speaking before lunch. He's like, I don't want to speak after lunch. Like all, the, all these different options. And he kind of slides the happy hour and the keynote speaker in. And <laughs> Brad picks up on it. He's like, oh, yeah, I could see why you'd like that. And then he starts walking it back. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm sitting there like, oh, close him. He's told you exactly what you want. Just say yes. Right. Right. But like Brad starts walking it back and I'm like, what's happening? Mm. Then I realized like, oh, that's Brad understanding that he can't make that decision. He can't make that promise. Yeah. He's the VP, not the president of this organization. Clearly there's some relationship with him and the president, which I think is fine to have where like the president is making decisions about the the anchor keynote speakers, right? Like the top and the bottom. And so he can't quite promise the president of my agency that keynote speakership because he doesn't have that power he doesn't have that authority yeah he knew that he didn't have the power and authority to do that like he was gonna get his hands left on the on the back end he knew where his boundary was yeah exactly so we like we left it there we finished out dinner we like made plans for this whiskey tasting in november everybody's having a great time <laughs> right so like i think there were six or seven more beers down the table but like it was great and that's where it stood and then the next thing that happened was like a follow-up email from the president and the vice president to the president of my agency about like this sponsorship speakership keynote speech sure that follow-up coming from the right place exactly mm-hmm. it was really interesting to watch him like kind of back get up and realize like, nope, that's my fence. Like that's, ah. that's my boundary. That's where I need to stop. Brad's doing a great job. So we like Brad. We love Brad. In okay, this great. case only, we like a Brad <laughs> is what I'm saying. Well done, Brad. Now on the flip side of this, and I swear these happen in the same week, <laughs> <laughs> the joys of working at agency. Um, we, <laughs> we had, uh, Michelle, favorite favorite person she was in a very similar situation that you're watching susan go in this email thread where like there was some conversation about workflow like michelle wanted us to do something that was kind of outside scope and outside boundaries and frankly outside our business model to be doing (laughs) i was like bold yeah i was like remember you want things from me i don't need things from you but like the attitude she brought to the conversation was like oh we're your biggest client i'm like actually you're super not Mm. but thanks for playing so she like she's walking into this conversation thinking we work for her Yeah, yeah exactly right and so she escalates it and she's like i can't go any further this you need to talk to the head of my agency and I'm just sitting there watching this conversation go down and going like, she, an underling, told the CEO and president of, an, of, a whole, of a whole company to go talk to the CEO and president of her whole company. They're buddies. <laughs> like, I knew that. Oh, and I haven't no. worked here that long. Like, yeah. like, Michelle has worked for her company for ages. I've only worked at this company for two years as of actually next week. Nice. So, like, it's so funny to me that, like, the card she's pulling is yeah. the one where the buddies are going to talk. Right. I was like, I don't think that's going to work out for her. <laughs> Turns out it didn't. So, like, I know. I know. So, like, I'm, I'm getting read right into this conversation. And then the president of my agency's phone rings. 
it's the president of her agency. He is apologizing. Oh my God. For her. For her. For her. Uh huh. This is why we need video. Your face right now is saying it all. Like he he's just like the CEO of a company apologizing for her. Yes. Can you imagine the CEO of your company apologizing for you? Can you imagine the CEO of your company? You work at a big ass company apologizing for your behavior to the CEO of another company. Does she still have a job? I, I don't know how. Frankly, that's insane. Yeah. And then you know what happened? He said, "I'm gonna go talk to her and make sure she's following your process." So not only did he apologize for her. She lost and she had nowhere to go. Like from what I'm hearing right now, she kind of got taken off our next few projects. No shit. Yeah. Because she doesn't know how to play with us. Okay. I know. I was like, wow, that's a career killer. Everybody. That's what I think. Especially in agencies where you're only working with like 10 to 20 people. Yeah. And everyone knows it. And it's a small town. So be Brad, not Michelle. Yeah. Which I know I heard it (laughs) is the advice I guess we're giving right now. But like, so it's interesting to like, look at Michelle and realize like the thing she didn't know is exactly what Brad did know where her boundaries were, where to stop being aggressive. Right. Brad knew where to push. Like let's push the president of my agency into thinking about let's open the door. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He doesn't have the authority to close it. Exactly. Right. And then Michelle like super didn't understand at all. Kick the door open with her foot. Yeah. And she's trying to like force our whole business to do something we don't do just for her. And she, she was so bold in it that she thought she was getting it backed up. And I'm like, wow, the delusion is strong with this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So like those, those are my two stories. Thank you for the stories. Anytime. Vanessa, I really liked what you were saying about like boundaries, authorities. I think you even used the word fences, which I liked that visual, yeah. like of mm-hmm. like, I know exactly where my authority, my power, my influence, what I can ask for ends. Well, I think it's easy to see a boundary when it's visible, like a physical fence. Right. But like, I don't know, thinking about Brad Michelle, it's more like, and you're going to hate this. It's a dog analogy. I hate it. (laughs) I do. It's more like we're all dogs out here with electric collars. Okay, say more. (laughs) So like you can boundary your dog in two different ways. You can either build a fence around your yard Right. Which they can see and they know not to go near. They may get excited and try to dig underneath it, but whatever. You'll work on that. But they right? know they have to go under it. Exactly. Like it's, <laughs> at least they know it's there. They can see it, right? Totally. Or you can put an electronic collar on your dog that like, and then you set a boundary like with an app or something. Like a geofencing yeah, yeah, uh-huh, thing. Basically. Where like if they, if they get beyond that, it'll give them like a shock. Yeah. But that means you're not going to know where the boundary is until you hit it. And it's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Landed. Slow clap. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But like, I I think as employees in corporate America, we're probably more like the second type of dog. We're all running around here with electronic collars on. We don't quite, we can't see the fence necessarily, but we're going to run into it. We might have some sense from historic, historic data about where the fences might be. But like with your specific relationship with your specific manager in this relationship with someone else, like, or in a new situation or like a new vendor or whatever, like Mm -hmm. you might not know that boundary until you, until you hit it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So then I guess the question becomes is like, <laughs> Michelle didn't know the boundary till she hit it. And she got shocked. <laughs> this is working for me. Actually. Shocking. And then Susan, your colleague didn't see the boundary. No. <laughs> the line was behind her. <laughs> right. Brad did though. And to Susan's credit, she's noticing. She's yeah, like, oh, nice. maybe there's, there's a fence over here. There might be something. Mm-hmm. How, how can people like Susan, Michelle, anyone who's listening, better identify where that boundary where that fence is 
solid question. I think this is where like, and this takes it back to the basics. I think this is where one-on-ones and statuses come in. You have to be having them regularly with your manager and in the conversation with your, with your manager about your projects, there's going to be a, a note about roadblocks. Like why aren't you able to get this done? Well, the person ding, 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 I need to talk to is non-responsive. Is not giving me the time of day is like what, whatever the thing is then it becomes your manager's job as soon as you tell them that that's the problem and you have to have a way to tell them that's the problem. That's your status and your one-on-one. Yep. As soon as you give it to your manager, your manager will probably know that person and either say, okay, I will take this one because they need to hear it from the top. They're never going to listen to you. They don't like working with underlings, even though they are an underling. So like everyone's an underling. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, or like, I know there's something else going on. They're out of the office. They're on vacation. They've been tasked with something else. And so actually that's not the person you need to talk to. It's this person over here, right? Totally. That's, that's the manager's job to give you that insight into like, who are the other players? What are your relationships with them? Like this is strong move to relationships with others. Your one-on-ones and your statuses help you define that, help you see where the fences could possibly be. And your manager's job is to like, you know, maybe turn off the electric shocking and let you through the fence and then turn it back on. Like yeah. that's, or be like, I'll go over on the other side of the fence yeah. for you. And yeet this project over. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, totally. <laughs> for you, Susan, like the takeaway has to be in order for you to understand where your fence, your boundary and your authority end, and to avoid the type of situation that you're watching go down in this email thread, you have to have that insight from someone who can see better than you. Yeah. And whose job it is to see better than right, you. Right, right, right. I guarantee you, if Michelle had had these conversations with the president of her agency, she would have understood that. Like, again, I only have worked here for two years and I understood that those two have been kind of the godfather twins of marketing in Houston for a long ass time old bros yeah i was never gonna like come up again if, if the situation were reversed i would literally never have told the head of that agency that he needs to go talk to the head of my agency i'm pretty sure they talk weekly over tacos it's like it's <laughs> like telling your you get mad at your mom telling her <laughs> you need to go talk to dad about this dad's gonna take mom's side yeah yeah he knows exactly where his boundaries are <laughs> and where his power to influence comes from <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Susan, I am so not worried about you. You're going to be just fine. I am concerned about your coworker and I need to know what went down. If it's anything like Michelle, I, I want a line by line transcript. <laughs> if you got video, if you can take, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> got a question for ask your work wife, record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, work wives. I love that like before the break is this like chaotic, like, oh. wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens in every episode. And then yeah. after the break, you're like, okay, but here's the end. Let's get down to it. Yeah. That's very funny. We're fine. Okay. We're, we're, fine. We're, we're like podcast fun. Podcast funny. <laughs> <laughs>